You got me mad now. You know, you got a bad pickle. Feeling good. Well, the st- skeptics and all the people have a little bit of... Let me do this again. Oh, it's live, pal. Sorry. We ride the bad pickle in this arena. With my main man, Pots and Pants, Nick McCone. That's me. I don't know where the kid is that was a riding it, but he ain't on it when they brought it to the ring. Tomorrow, I'll you and kick your face off. I'm down with that. Kick your thumb But I don't like it when things are going my way. Don't you dare be sour! He don't know nothing else. <laughs> you know that wrestling, like, you know that wrestling boy. <laughs> give me a hell yeah! I said give me a hell yeah! What is up ladies and gentlemen out there in that land and welcome to episode 245 of the Street Shooters which is available wherever podcasts are available. I'm your host Vaughn Johnson joined as always by my main man Pots and Pans, Nick Bacone, Philly Voice and Philly Influencer and we have yet another and I say it every week but it's true every single week yet another fantastic show ahead of us tonight. Uh, we're going to talk about a uh, bizarre day in wrestling history in 1999, just like we did last week. Another day in 1999. This one a little earlier. Last week we talked about the WrestleMania Rage Party from WWF. Well, let's rewind a couple months to January, apparently, of 1999, when WCW had an MTV special called Beach Brawl. So, me and Nick, Nick and I, we watched this separately, like we did at the Rage Party, and we took extensive notes, and... Yeah, we're going to deep dive, deep dive into Beach Brawl from MTV in 1999, which, like I said, it looks like I looked it up on the Internet. It said, you know, the Internet is always right. And it said it aired in January or something like that. So it had to have been early in the year because depending on the people that's on the show, it couldn't have been later in the year. So uh, we're going to talk about that and just, you know, an update maybe on another outdoor show that might happen this year, potentially. Uh, But before we get into all that. I got to do my weekly check on my guy, my main man, Pots and Pants, Nick Bacone. How you doing tonight, my good brother? Yeah, I was just as confused as you when I was kind of looking at up the Beach Brawl info. Uh, couldn't really get a set date on when it aired, but I, I believe it might have been pre-taped. Uh, so maybe that's mm. why it says January. But yeah, that I mean, they weird. were they were in Cancun, too, so I don't know what the weather's like there uh, year in and year out. But I think uh, it aired in March, early March, because that would have, or maybe mid-March, because, uh, I mean, I guess that's when spring break was, you know, back then. I don't I don't honestly remember, because when I went to college, I didn't really go celebrate spring break, but uh, it was always around WrestleMania time, you know, March or April, so, uh, yeah, I was confused, too, and I also wanted to ask you, what's you think? Vince McMahon is currently... At plus four hundred odds to buy the XFL, do, do, do you think he's going to inject a lethal dose of NWO poison? Oh my God. Should Here he buy back his own creation? Here you go with this. I have no idea what the hell's going to happen with that. Uh, look, events events pretty much you know deemed it bankrupt and buys it back. That that's if that's legal, I guess. I don't know. I mean, he can do it. I guess. Yeah. I, I'll say this much. I think this most recent incarnation of the XFL was working. Uh, just the pandemic hit. So 
hopefully that doesn't deter people from if it if it does come back that doesn't deter people from watching it again the next time around uh because i thought this most reincarnation was entertaining it was good you yeah. know for what it was yeah third times the uh, maybe you know i just obviously you can't foresee a pandemic coming and you know putting a halt to everything but i have no idea what do you what do you think about it nick since you looked up the betting odds <laughs> i did i did and i actually stumbled across it uh by accident almost i went i was looking for websites that still produce wrestling odds and i i got to mybookie.ag so um australian website uh, has current event odds and that was the first current event odds who will buy the xfl so you have Disney and Fox at plus 180, leading the pack. And then the NFL at plus 250. And then you have Vince McMahon at plus 400. Those are the three I listed. I'm sure you saw my tweet. I tweeted it last night, so which is why I brought it up today. I think uh, I just – I had to do it. I had to tweet that out just because I had my own, you know, NWO joke. So that's why I brought it up. And uh, really, I could probably not care <laughs> less than about this. Uh, you just did. wanted to get your joke over. <laughs> I did, I did. So hopefully the listeners laughed, or uh, you know, they're hopefully they didn't turn us off. Good job, Nick. They probably did. <laughs> but Disney and Fox leading the way wouldn't surprise me. Uh, I did. I mean, read ESPN's trying to get out of their <laughs> contract. So, Disney has uh, bought everything else. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, Disney might buy WWE one day. That's been the rumor for right, a long yeah. time. That would be surreal to see. Honestly, be wild. So uh, I just I, it would be funny if Vincent Man bought back the XFL just to inject the NWO, which, whichever you know, maybe they can make it into a wrestling storyline. That that would then that would be terrible. Yeah, <laughs> nobody that, would watch that. Well, exactly. that didn't work the first time. That's what he's known for, though. So I figured it would fit perfectly. To his to his credit, he did not do that at all the the second time around. Right, and it was working. Uh, like mm-hmm. I said, unfortunately, a whole damn global pandemic hit and just wiped it all away. But yeah, that that didn't work the first time, and I would hope that if unless Vince McMahon is okay with losing like a hundred million dollars again, <laughs> then okay. But but if not, if he really wants to make money and make this a viable venture, please don't do that. Yeah, yeah. I'm just uh, and and who knows when they'll even have games again? Like, are we going to see XFL games without? fans in the stands like uh it would it, it would just be awkward i mean everything's awkward now the sports have restarted and we already have one major league baseball team that's kind of half of the miami marlins have tested positive for coronavirus and now we have you know locally we're waiting to hopefully see no phillies have tested positive so you know it hits home here uh in terms of pro sports around here now and uh i'm just kind of Exhausted at this point. Yeah, well, we got to trudge through. We got to keep that's going. Right. That's keep right. Keep on keeping on because that's we what Vince McMahon is doing. And we are the straight shooters, damn it. And that's what we do. Right. And and keep on keeping on because, like, like I said, that's what Vince McMahon is doing. That's what he's done this entire pandemic, including what he might do at SummerSlam because the rumor is. And this, look, once we realize that Florida may be out of the cards for WWE or something like that for SummerSlam or. You know the the performance center is just it's just not going to work for another major show like that. It's nice outside or it's hot outside. I thought immediately outdoor show. This is the time to do it. This is the time to make SummerSlam, which I've thought for years 
should have been an outdoor show. I also thought for years that SummerSlam should have been a stadium show. I, look, I love the Royal Rumble, but I don't understand why that has been a stadium show and SummerSlam hasn't when yeah, yeah. WWE considers that to be a the number two show. Mm-hmm. Or right. just do all three as stadium shows because they do all the Saudi shows or stadium shows to go to Australia. Why not make SummerSlam a stadium show? But they just haven't for some reason. Don't know why. But now... It uh, looks like that's what they're actually trying to do. And according to WrestleVotes, uh, the account tweeted out yesterday that, and they've broken some stories, WrestleVotes, that Twitter account, by the way. So uh, I know some people may not be familiar with it, but, you know, look into it. They, 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 they've been uh, on par, on point with some of their uh, their scoops, so to speak. Uh, the tweet they sent out yesterday said, the links WWE are going to, I guess it should be the links, I guess are links Plural, subject, verb, agreement. Okay, whatever. The lengths WWE are going to find a location for SummerSlam are both astonishing and outlandish. So, this was yesterday. And apparently WWE is out here searching everywhere to hold SummerSlam. Uh, Just five hours ago, as we record this, we're recording this on Wednesday night before NXT and AEW. uh, It says, WWE has looked into hosting SummerSlam within the Northeast at an outdoor location with limited fans, and as of now, have found no interested states in allowing that to happen. What a shocker, bro. (laughs) We just had the Phillies play this past weekend with no fans. Because in Philly, right now, as we sit here today, it's been announced that sporting events aren't allowed to have people in the stands. So how in the hell is... So WWE can't run Philly. I'm sure New York and New Jersey is going to be feel the same way. Where the hell are you going to do this outdoor show with fans, at least? Like, maybe you can do it without fans. But with fans? No way that, that anybody in the Northeast is going to do it. The best bet was probably Florida, but I don't know if they can even do it down there. Yeah, and they're, they're, they're still kind of laxed with some of their guidelines and exactly. stuff like that. So you would think if anywhere, Florida, would they would they would be okay there. You know, with plexiglass around the ring somehow. If you're outdoors, you, you make that... You know, and then you can have people socially distance in the crowd, uh, like they do at the performance center. But at least when you're outside, you're, you know, more space. Uh, the Northeast, I don't know what. Hell what, no. I, I get. We're, wasn't it supposed to be in Boston this year? Yes, and it's supposed maybe, to be in Boston. Maybe that's the catalyst for at least keeping it in that area. But still, people that made plans to go there bought their tickets made travel arrangements that's all out the window and it's been out the window for months so right. it's like every other show <laughs> every other part of the country exactly. or the world has been out of the window so it's not like you owe it to boston fans or anybody in the northeast like yeah look, that, yeah wwe y'all y'all have been slow to adapt to a lot of these things yeah y'all, y'all been doing your shows from the performance center but then you started letting people in for some reason then that was a failure mm-hmm. uh y'all didn't y'all cancel WrestleMania at the very last possible second? Y'all somehow got Florida to deem you essential, uh, you know, essential that you had to keep going. Don't know how that happened, but that was just Florida. I don't know how that's going to work anywhere else. So I don't know what the hell WWE is going to do. But besides right now, I all like I said, like I said earlier, I've always thought SummerSlam should have been an outdoor show. I don't know why it hasn't since '92. That doesn't make any sense to me. Especially the last couple of years, like I said, where they've had multiple stadium shows a year. I can understand if you, you just want WrestleMania to be that one stadium show. Okay, that's understandable. That's your biggest show of the year. 
but they could have even before they started doing the multiple stadium shows i always thought they could have done like some mls stadiums some like mm-hmm. soccer only stadiums that exist that, so you don't do the eighty thousand seat football stadium but you could do the 20 30,000 seat red bull stadium or the one in la where the Chargers have been playing at the last couple of years where the la galaxy play mm-hmm. or uh, I think Chicago just got a new multi uh, soccer only stadium. DC now has one. Of course, Philly, we've had one for a long time. Yeah, and, come you know, to out Chester. in Chester. Yeah, come on. We, we, so, we've had it for a while. Right. Orlando has a soccer only stadium, too. They don't, they have to do the Citrus Bowl. They can do where Orlando SC plays. So, Minneapolis, you know, like there's so many, these MLS teams are popping up stadiums all over the country. That have like 20, 30,000 seats that maybe you don't want to do another 80,000 seater, but you could do a smaller venue that's still outdoors, it's still a nice venue. So I don't know why they haven't done it. And again, with all the stadium shows they do now, with the Royal Rumble, with uh, Saudi shows, with the Australia shows, I don't know why something some hasn't been an outdoor stadium show, but it looks like WWE's hand has been forced with the pandemic. But even still, it's like, it's still a cluster, even yeah. though, you know, because everything's been a cluster in the middle of this pandemic. Yeah, and you, you kind of wonder, NXT is not necessarily tied to these big pay-per-views anymore. They're kind of going, branching out on their own with their own takeovers in different times of the year. So it's not even like you got to find a stadium that has an arena near it to, to run NXT the night before. That you don't have to worry about anymore. So I don't, I don't. I don't know what's what the problem is, and and not just trying to formulate that. Like they have, they're so formulaic. The comp- a company that's so formulaic, you would just assume SummerSlam they'd be outdoors every year. Now that's the formula that I want to see. That's the formula that is unique, and it brings people in like every year because it, it you don't see that the rest of the year. So, you know, I'm I'm a fan of that and. Yeah, 1992 is still one of my favorite SummerSlams ever just because of the the way it looks. Yeah. Again, it doesn't... I mean, I guess in the 90s, they weren't doing stadium shows as much. In the 2000s, they started... They they were only doing it for WrestleMania. But I feel like they could have been doing at least a soccer stadium. Like I said, they they ran Brooklyn for like five years in a row or something like that. Four or five, five years in a row. Yeah, yeah, I get it. They had a nice, probably had a nice deal in Brooklyn. It's actually in New York City. It's not in New Jersey where the Red Bulls play. I think that's in Elizabeth, New Jersey. I could be wrong about that. I could like I could look it up, but so it's not in New Jersey. It's in New York proper. Um, so that's you know that makes sense. It was in Harrison, New Jersey, not Elizabeth, New Jersey. I take that back. Um, but either way, Harrison, New Jersey, I don't think is that far from New York City. Uh, needs to run the Meadowlands Arena all the time. So I don't know. I don't know why they haven't done it, but it looks like they might have to now. And how they do it, how they get to this point is good luck, WWE. That's how I feel about it. <laughs> like, yeah. Good luck trying to find your way, trying to find somewhere in the Northeast to do this show where none of these states are allowing, uh, you know, outdoor events more than like 25, 50 people. Like, other than maybe beaches where they're still like, hey, Socially distance, please. And you see now the lifeguards in New Jersey got all. Um, there's like a bunch of lifeguards that got that caught COVID, and it's just you no, know, it's not going to happen in Northeast. I don't know what WWE's going to do. Um, but yeah, here we go. <laughs> yeah, they'll probably do something. By the way, 
Uh, I believe in what's today, the 29th in two weeks, three weeks. It's on the 23rd, so it's a month away. Okay. So I guess they got time uh, to kind of figure this out, but. Yeah, I mean, all they need um, to do is uh, make sure if they go somewhere that all the talent travels um, together. And I mean, they don't got to worry about fans. WWE, it's going to. Well, not not together. I mean, like. You know, go to a bubble if they find a bubble. I'm just uh, saying, I don't think WWE's even going to do that. They haven't been doing that throughout this time. Like yeah, they haven't been. I mean, I don't. They've see been it getting happening. guys from around the country to fly in and do these shows. <laughs> like yeah. Kofi Kingston doesn't live in Florida. He lives in Texas, I believe. I think he lives in Austin, Texas, right now. Kevin Owens doesn't live in Florida. He lives in Quebec. <laughs> like I think yeah. he, I'm pretty sure he moved back to Montreal. So. so Sami Zayn, the reason why he's not doing it is because he would have to fly in from somewhere else. And he's just like, no, I'm not doing it. So, yeah, I, that, yeah. I don't know. It's It's been a cluster. It's going to continue to be a cluster. And we're just all sitting back looking at it be a cluster. Yeah. It's, here we are, WWE. <laughs> not surprising. Just hope nobody gets severely sick or worse. So, yes, I agree. Because really, yeah, no, nothing's worth it. It's almost—it's no. it, mentally exhausting trying to keep up with wrestling during the pandemic, anyway. So, no one needs to be getting sick. And as we know, there's been a lot of positive COVID tests in WWE in the last month or so. So, who knows? And there's only who been knows? what three, three people that have uh, at least publicly said it. So. Probably a lot oh, more. Oh, yeah. Uh, Caleb Braxton, Renee Young, Adam Pierce. Yeah. And if you just played the process of elimination game, you could probably figure out who else mm-hmm. has caught it because certain people have been on TV in a while. <laughs> like yep. Apollo Crews. Where's he been at? Yeah. And he's got a young child. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure he just had a baby last year or maybe two years ago or something like that. Um, But, yeah, you can, you can figure it out. Who's uh? Because they haven't been around in a while. You know, Mandy yeah. Rose, Otis, where have they been at? <laughs> yeah, where's Tucker been at? Apparently, I uh, mean, we don't know that for sure, but you can. Right. It's easy to make that assumption. And I'm sure they pre-recorded something because they advertised Mandy and Otis this week on SmackDown. So it's been like over a month, I think, the last, since the last time they were even talked right. about or seen. So. Pretty much forgot that Otis had money in the bank. Well, he has, <laughs> I, I did too. Say. I did too. Uh, it was this past week on SmackDown. Michael Cole said, "Mr. Money in the Bank," and I was like, "Oh yeah." I don't. I don't. Right. I, I don't even think the graphic had him holding the briefcase. I think it was like just him and Mandy. But, um, but like, you know, I was half paying attention. So, but like my point is, WWE doesn't want people to forget about that. But they had no choice if he came down with COVID right. and he had to right. stay home for two weeks. Right. Or, or longer. Who, who knows? Which like is I said, why that's not they for haven't. We don't which, know that. Yeah, which is why they haven't mentioned Roman Reigns. Uh, why well, mention him when he's not going to be there? Like I, I understand that. So, I guess yeah. why mention the others? Uh, even though they've been on TV since the pandemic began, I, I guess it's why mention them. But I mean, it sounds harsh, and I don't want to come across like that. But um, I, I, I see why makes sense to not talk about the people that are not there i don't know as long as you know they're just recovering and not severely ill and stuff like that 
again, with all this stuff, time will tell. We just have to wait and see what in the hell is going on in this world. Things change day to day, it seems like, yeah. week to week, month to month. You just never know. So, uh, but yeah, with from one outdoor show to another. As I said earlier, we're going to have a deep dive, just like we did last week with the WrestleMania Rage Party, which, of course, you can go check out in our archives. It was just last week, so it's not that far down in the archives. Uh, we did a deep dive on the WrestleMania Rage Party, and Nick came up with the bright idea. <laughs> Do another one this week. Yeah. This time on the MTV WCW Beach Brawl from either 1998 or 1999 at some point <laughs> in these two years. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to assume 1999. Yeah, yeah. And it was airing or it was recorded during spring break as part of the MTV spring break coverage. Uh, so what what was this? Just what was this whole <laughs> mess? It was, again, a show that MTV had during the spring break coverage. It was like a WCW MTV crossover because you got to remember uh, WWF wasn't the only hot promotion at the time in the late 90s. Wrestling as a whole was hot. So to capitalize, MTV was like, hey, let's get WCW to do our, a wrestling match during a spring break show. And we'll have the Nitro Girls and we'll have Kid Rock and we'll have a bunch of people and we'll have this band playing during the match and we'll crown a winner and, and that's it. And people will watch. And I'm sure people did watch. I'm sure people did watch because people were watching spring break coverage. Obviously, they weren't at spring break, so they was like, oh, look at that. And people wanted to see what the hell was going to happen as far as this wrestling stuff. And here we are, Beach Brawl. I taped it. I did not watch this live. I didn't <laughs> even know this happened until you said something about it. I thought this was something from like like the Beach Blast or like something like from the mid to early 90s from WCW. I didn't know this was 1999. When I, look, again, let me... Make it clear, I was watching the MTV a lot in 1999. Some of the like the uh, the the graphics they would use coming in and out of commercial breaks, I remember those like it was yesterday. Mm-hmm. But I didn't see this. <laughs> <laughs> but you taped it apparently. I did. Uh, it's in stores somewhere, but I definitely remember taping it. They pro- might have mentioned it once or twice on Nitro and Thunder, and then I you know penciled it in in my schedule, be like I've got to make sure I watch it so I can tape it. So you know I was. A- taping a recording theme, uh, fiend at, at that point. So anything wrestling I was trying to tape, regardless, you know, if it was one of the wrestling shows or another show where wrestlers appeared on, like Nash Bridges, we said a couple weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> Something we talked about last week as well. Yeah. Nash Bridges or La Femme Nikita or whatever else. NYPD Blue, um, Pacific Blue, or, you know, any blue. <laughs> any 90s show. Basically, much. that 70s show when The Rock played his dad, I taped that. Sure. You taped it all. You taped Saturday Night Live when The Rock hosted? I think I might have missed that one, actually. How? How uh, did you miss that? That was huge. I know. I know. I don't know. Maybe I wasn't a Saturday Night Live fan. Maybe I didn't care. Maybe I was out. But that's one that I regret missing. All WWE talked about for like th- three months <laughs> leading up to that was The I Rock know. hosting Saturday Night Live. And that was before, I believe that was before WrestleMania you know, in I 2000. Have, I might have just watched it and not taped it because I definitely would have had that tape and kept it and 
yeah, I don't know what. Maybe I ran out of blank tapes. I have no clue. Oh man, ran out of blank tapes. Don't you hate when that happens? Not great. I would always tape the tab on a tape that was already recorded, and the tab was like taken off, and then like you can't record on a cassette that's had the tab t- taken off. So I put a piece of scotch tape over it and just record over other ta- VHS I had, like. You know, from when I was a kid, like Barney and stuff like that, I would tape wrestling over those. <laughs> My has Nick has grown. He's he used to have his Barney tapes. Now he's taping pro wrestling <laughs> right over time. And I could always see the amount of time I had because I wanted to make sure I had enough space on that tape so I can kind of uh, estimate how much time I had on the tape. So if it was like one hour. I taped it on the longest setting possible, so I would have like maybe an hour and a half or two hours. Oh, so yeah, yeah. For SNL, that would be, you know, I would probably just use one of those tapes. So I had a whole system laid out. You know, it was great. Look, looking back, like I had a whole system laid out. <laughs> I definitely taped pay-per-views that I watched because I wasn't just going to pay one time and then just watch right, it one right, time. Like, yeah. no, I'm going to tape this and have it forever. <laughs> and now I got the WWE Network, so it's like, well... <laughs> Off and off, <laughs> right? But Eventually, least, it took right. it took twenty years, but yeah. we got there. Um, but Beach Brawl, nineteen ninety nine from WCW. During, like I said, MTV's spring break coverage, and if you're our age or a little older, you remember MTV spring break. Let's take a let's take a look at, or a quick look, I should say, at MTV spring break. Remember that, Nick? I remember it fondly. Well, maybe not fondly, but I remember it. <laughs> you went quiet. I remember it fondly and just silence. <laughs> I, uh, I, th- I, I just remember being kind of hyped up for the week because, like, you, you, you just said it. Like, the graphics going in and out of commercial breaks, like, that type of stuff sticks with me. And when I rewatched this, and I, I just remember the graphics, and they were unique to the time because every other network had, like, you know, these fine-tuned graphics and... You know, basically, like, MTV just felt, like, different than anything else. And that's exactly what wrestling felt. like. It was, it was young and hip and cool, man. Yeah, man. And I was like, I have to watch it. And at that point, I believe I had a TV in my room. It might have been that year, and Christmas, my parents got me a TV. It was, you know, yeah, it was 96. So in 99, I had a TV in my room. So I, it had a built-in VCR, and so I could record, you know, it was small, 13-inch TV. But I recorded like every single wrestling thing I could at, at the time. If there were, you know, Nitro and Raw running head to head, SmackDown or Thunder, I would, you know, use my mom's room for the other uh, tape. So I just remember like anything. I, I, my TV was basically on MTV if it wasn't on wrestling. You know, I was kind of like I was started getting into watching like the real world and when, like those shows that were very prominent on MTV at the time. So WCW had kind of like a relationship with them because this wasn't the only special that WCW ran that year on MTV. Uh, I don't remember if it was later in the year, if it was early '99 when they had Snow Brawl, and that was also that was in the from the like mountains. I, I don't remember oh which one, but um, so '99 and '99 WCW and MTV were kind of like a marriage in a way, and I think that was. Like WWF still also had a relationship with MTV, but I think 
WCW went full throttle with that because they were kind of losing ground to the WWF well, at the time. So WCW was kind of plastered all over MTV, whereas WWF was here and there. MTV had a relationship, a, a deep relationship with WWF, especially in the eighties. That was the whole 80s, rock yeah. and wrestling thing. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, they had a they had the war to settle the score back in the eighties with yep. who was it, Macho Man and Roddy Piper? Not Macho Man, Hulk Hogan, and I think Roddy Piper, right? Yeah. Uh, so that was a big deal back in the day, and then uh, eventually, a- after this, uh, they would have Sunday Night Heat on MTV. Yep, you remember that? So I do. Uh, MTV was definitely in bed with wrestling prom- promotions, apparently not just WWF, but also WCW on this day. Uh, but Spring Break uh, debuted in 1986. I wasn't allowed to see that, so I, d- I do not recall. And it went up until 2005 on MTV, according to a story in the Hollywood Hollywood Reporter uh, from last year, when w, when MTV brought it back. Because from 2005, after 2005, they moved it to MTVU, which I guess was like the college version of MTV. Yeah. Uh, they moved it there until 2014, and after a five-year hiatus, they brought it back last year. Obviously, it didn't happen this year, even though people still did Spring Break this year because you know. YOLO, but uh, they, you know, M- Spring Break was a big deal. Like you said, I used to watch it. It used to be on, like, around the clock in M- on MTV when they would air it, yeah. and they would do, I mean, I used to be watching, like, crazy things that would happen on Spring Break, like, all these performances and people out there just drinking and partying. <laughs> they used to have thong contests, I think, when that thong song was out in, like, 2000. Uh, yeah. Pretty sure they had, like, wet t-shirt contests on there yeah. and thong contests and what we would call today as twerking contest. I don't know if they called it twerking in 2000, but <laughs> me as like a 12 year old kid, I'm like, man, this is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Cause Hell I'm not yeah. doing any of this stuff, but this is what the adults do. And now yeah. I look back, I was like, I would never do that. <laughs> I made sure I made sure I only watched when my parents weren't around. <laughs> <laughs> you better. Cause they would have been like, you know, watching that pornography. <laughs> <laughs> you better have your hand on that last button, boy. You know, it. Pass. Whoop. you know it. Thank goodness right for to... thank goodness for no uh, guides on on where you could see like what your last channel was. You hit the last button. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> hit thing. that last button and go yeah. straight there, <laughs> yeah. straight to like a Seinfeld rerun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that was definitely something, and they replayed a ton of it too. I remember I, I, yeah. I would see, watch something at like one o'clock and then replay like three o'clock or. Later that night, and so if I missed something, I, I would watch it later that night. And uh, so, thank goodness for a TV in my room because that's probably where I watched it a lot during the day. I'd you know be downstairs mostly, and um, but if my parents were out, I'd put it on <laughs> just make sure that I was available to turn it off when they got home. <laughs> <laughs> Spring break, like I said, it was a big deal for MTV. Like that was. I'm pretty sure that helped all the tourism and all those resorts and yeah. places that held Spring yeah, Break. Yeah, I, I wanted to be where everyone was. Like, right. For me, personally, I was like, man, I can't wait to be there. Like, what, what was I, 12, 13, 14? It was like five, six years. I can't wait to be there. <laughs> and right. it, it, I never did the Spring Break thing in college, like right. travel to a beach, yeah. something like that. But when I was younger, it looked really cool. Uh, like I said, I couldn't imagine myself doing it now, obviously. but. right. right. I probably would have done it. I mean, if I, I didn't really, I didn't know anybody that did that type of stuff. Like, I feel like by then, none of my friends at least were doing it in like 2008, 2009, 2010, 11, when I was about that age. But 
I don't know. I just never got a chance to do it. But it wasn't like I didn't have any friends. Let me just make that clear. <laughs> <laughs> but we just didn't do it. But um, it was a big deal. And it had a bunch of artists, like big name artists. It wasn't like this was Small Potatoes. And if you were anybody, you were on, you were performing at MTV Spring Break. Like everybody from Biggie to, uh, you know, see here, you got Kid Rock for some reason. We'll talk about that. But. All the big names. Uh, Destiny's Child was there. I mean, it was it was a big deal back in the '90s. So it wasn't like uh, for WCW. This wasn't like some BS thing. This was a this was a big get for WCW to be a part of MTV Spring Break coverage. Yeah, and I, I'm not sure how much money it brought in for WCW, but it certainly, you know, was good for MTV. You know, wrestling was hot at the time, and they had wrestling and probably ratings a uh, uh, ratings. Uh, era or sort of I guess a ratings period of where a lot of people were watching because you know yeah. MTV was synonymous with you know their spring break and all that by that by 1999 you know it became the thing to, to do it's almost like Shark Week now you know everyone waits for Shark Week and back then it just felt at least you know at my age everyone waited for MTV spring break you know the video music awards you know those types of things <laughs> were huge Back when MTV was doing music, what? <laughs> and it's funny because I I never really watched the Video Music Awards, but everybody at school would talk about it like the first week of school. Uh, I didn't, and I'd be like, no, I missed it. They'd be like, why? What the hell were you watching? I was like, wrestling or something wrestling, like that. Of course, <laughs> I would watch the MTV uh, Video Music Awards back in the day, like two thousand, two thousand one ish, something like that. I these days I'm just not a fan of award shows in general. Uh, but back when I was younger, I mean, every, like you said, everybody was watching it, so I would watch it too, and I would watch music videos, and because MTV, again, back in the day, believe it or not, would actually play music videos. Remember TRL, Total Request yeah, Live? Uh, making the video was my favorite show on that channel. Right, and you know, it, 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 they actually had music on there, where now, I don't know how much music they actually show on MTV anymore. It's all TV shows. It's all like... Jersey Shore, which stuff they actually bring them back, like stuff like Jersey Shore now. Yeah. Um, in the hills and stuff like that. Like, but like uh, my Teen Mom or, or Teen Mom wasn't that on MTV? Oh yeah, I used to watch that in the beginning, but I, I gave up on that a <laughs> long, long time ago. I did. I'm not gonna lie, because this is around the point where I was just having a baby. I wasn't a teen. I was 21, but I kind of related to what they were going through. So I was watching gotcha. it, and God, does that make sense? Know, just like I watched, just like I watched 90 Day Fiance. Now, <laughs> and I have no. No relation to that at all. I can't relate to none of it. I just like watching. Sometimes I like watching trash TV. And 90 Day Fiance is my lovable trash TV. Like, I love it. It's my baby. Road Rules and Real World and Making the Video, TRL, too. Those were, like, the programs that I watched that weren't wrestling. You know, I've said before, wrestling was my thing. Like, that's literally almost all I watched for, you know, pleasure and entertainment. And and those shows on MTV were also like the same types of shows that I'd watch it on repeat, and so those those were big for me. Also, making the band with Diddy, uh, making yeah, the band. I think I it was making the band that. two in particular, where he tried to put a rap group together. Got to watch it, Nick, because that <laughs> you got to watch the show and then watch the Dave Chappelle skit he did on making the band. <laughs> classic, classic television right there. Doesn't get much better than that. Let me write uh, down. But yeah, right. Yeah, you got you gotta have that. What else I tell you to watch? Uh, the Warriors. Um, yeah. I'm going to get you sucker. So you got a long list there. You gotta 
start knocking some stuff off of that list soon. Um, starting off this uh, telecast would be the Nitro Girls. Hey, the Nitro Girls. Remember the Nitro Girls? Yes, I do. WCW <laughs> had women just be dancing in the ring before and during shows. It was like, it felt very 90s. I'm not sure if people would do that today, but in the 90s, it was okay. And they were around for quite a while, too. Years. Yeah. Years. They were even in the Ready to Rumble movie. Oh, yeah, that's right. Like, they I were popular, the Nitro Girls. I gotta add that to the list, Ready to Rumble. I guess, uh, you never seen Ready to Rumble? <laughs> you lying. It's a WCW movie, man. It wasn't, Bruh, not, it wasn't of all the wrestling two. things, all the wrestling things you've watched, you mean to tell me you've never watched Ready to Rumble? Not all the way through. Look, it's not a great movie. I'm not going to tell you, like, you got to watch it, like, tomorrow. I, mean, I, I just figured that, I'm just stunned why. you've never seen it. <laughs> it was one of those things where I didn't want to go see it in theaters because I was like, wow, well, that I don't want anyone to see me at the theater watching this. Uh, because <laughs> I, I, under, I understood that even though wrestling was popular, there was still a segment that, you know, WCW was uncool at that point. You know, the, the, the cool year they had was like 1998, and by 1999, you know, especially with the finger poke of doom, I was out on them. You know, I watched every week, but everything they did, I absolutely hated. And I'm pretty sure Ready to Rumble came out around then or 2000. Yeah, it or did. It like came that. out like 2000. Yeah, it so, was it was a trash time in WCW when it came that, out. That's what, and that's the opinion I had at the time. I was like, yeah, there's no way I'm watching this because I don't want to be thought of as a loser. Um, if WWF made a, like, I watched Beyond the Mat, I got, I, I actually bought Beyond the Mat because I thought it was a WWF movie. Um, clearly, it, it's not, but uh, it had more WWF footage than anything, especially that Rock Mankind footage from the Royal Rumble 99. Absolutely bonkers. Uh, so, you know, I, I went that route instead of ready to rumble. Okay, man. <laughs> WCW just have, was not cool. And their, their, new, just, their new logo was trash. I just want yes. to kind of distance myself from WCW in general. I just figured at some point in the last 20 years since that movie came out, <laughs> you would have seen it on have, like TNT or I something have, like that or have, HBO. I haven't found the time. <laughs> I haven't found the time. You got time. Just I'm busy. Messing around. I'm just okay. busy. Okay. <laughs> uh, busy watching Livewire. Hell yeah. Mania. Just watched the one from <laughs> May 1997 last night. It was awesome. Wow. Okay. <laughs> it's when they were actually... Going to go through with Shawn Michaels versus Bret Hart. You know, they were hyping that up for King of the Ring and all that. And yeah, just fell apart. Just all fell apart. Shawn Michaels lost his smile at some point. <laughs> Again. Or this, was this after he lost his smile? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It was the, it was summer of 97. They were going to, they were going to wrestle a King of the Ring with the Hart Foundation handcuffed to the ring posts. They actually, wow. they literally set it up. And I think the next week everything fell apart. Maybe that's when All they right. had their fight in the locker room. I think that's why. Ah, uh, that makes sense. That makes sense. So, uh, yeah. But this show, Beast <laughs> Brawl, hosted by none other than the mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart, WWE Hall of Famer, one of the best managers of all time, mm-hmm. Raven, not a WWE Hall of Famer, but a memorable character in his own right, and Kid Rock. He's also, isn't he a Hall of Famer? You're no? probably right. <laughs> I hope he's not. Good Lord. I just thought of that, actually. Yeah, we, we I got to look it up right yeah, now. Yeah, look it up because 
it just makes sense. I mean, he's done WWE. Oh, he is. He, he is, is in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> he went in the Hall of Fame in 2018. Holy hell. WCW bringing up the uh, the Hall of Fame commentary crew. How about God. that? Two of the three people here are WWE Hall of Famers. <laughs> you would guess it would be Jimmy Hart and Raven. Nah. <laughs> It's Jimmy Hart and goddamn Kid Rock. Who, uh, I know some people, if you watch the show, if you find it on the internet somewhere, you might be looking at this and be like, hey, Kid Rock, he does, looks totally different. I know, because back in these days, 20 years ago, he pretended to be black, essentially. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> far cry from the country singer we know him as today. He was this white boy rapper who was, you know, from Detroit, who uh, people don't even know that he's from Detroit. Yeah, he, like you yeah. would think he's from the South. You think he's from Nashville? No, <laughs> he's from Detroit, Michigan. And he, and he apparently, I heard you know he had a he got a black baby mom too. And, but nowadays he's like a he's a MAGA lover, and it's like, what the hell happened to you, Kid Rock? <laughs> I don't like him. For some reason, I- WWE loves the guy. Don't understand his songs suck. His it, it, these days, back in the late nineties though. Big deal. I'm not going to hold you. Kid Rock was a big deal. It's the reason why he's on this show. He had some bangers back in the late 90s, including American Badass, which is the Undertaker's theme song. Yeah. Just the next year, that would be his theme song. But I don't know what the hell happened to Kid Rock over the last 20 or some odd years. But So he was, a uh, to me, a negative part of the show all the way through. Yeah. Yeah. Just all the way through. Not great. He reminded me of Art Donovan a little bit, but a little worse. <laughs> a little worse? No, nothing's worse than Art Donovan. <laughs> look here. We can't. We can't do that. We can't. This is look. look I ain't gonna protect. My, you're gonna protect. Art I'm not Donovan. here to protect a good name of Kid Rock. I'm just saying. We can't throw shade on Kid Rock to that extent. <laughs> Art Donovan. He didn't in, even know what the hell he was watching. In my, in my notes, I wrote down Kid Rock with an arrow. Art Donovan with a question mark. Oh uh, wow! Yeah, that, I mean, I just I wasn't a fan. I mean, it is what it is, I guess. You can't you can't do that to him, man. All right. Well, I wrote I wrote it in pen, so I can't erase it. I'm just looking up a story on Kid Rock, and it said that his his first child's mother was a black woman from Michi- from Detroit from Michigan. I would assume. Uh, they had a child together in 1993 and they split up around the same time i guess um but yeah she sued him for like some lyrics that he put in his song that were untruthful and hurtful Hmm. you know so yeah eminem-esque i guess yeah i guess but uh you know it's it's look i'm not great i mean this only song I rock to is Only God Knows Why, even though it's auto-tuned. I kind of like the lyrics, so... Look, Ball it. With a Ball was a banger, bro. Uh, yes. I'm not that, gonna hold you. I mean, that's... I I was gonna say that goes without saying, but yes, I should mention it. Um, I kind of... Only God Knows Why is my favorite one from him, though, because sometimes it doesn't even sound like him because <laughs> it's auto-tuned, but uh, I like the lyrics. So. Look, I, I rock with Ball With a Ball, and he, like I said, he Kevin was rapping. He was like he, a cowboy or something. The yeah. next one, right? I'm yeah, that was, that was trash. But he was out here rapping his ass off back in the day. 
And now he's singing country songs. Yeah. And it's not like you can't change your tone over time. Right. Like, That's what Only God Knows it, Why was, I believe. It was like more, it was like tune, tune country or something like that. And I, and like, I get it. It's just the whole vibe has changed. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. like <laughs> since, since 20, since 1999, 1998, mm-hmm. when he was popular, uh, you know, real popular. Because uh, I remember a couple weeks ago, I was on Twitter and the MTV movie video music awards was on. And I think, uh, somebody tweeted a photo of The Rock while he was at the, the VMAs and he had this ridiculous outfit on. And Kid Rock was in the vicinity and I was like, I think the tweet was like, somebody would never know that this was The Rock back in 2000 or whatever. It was like, well, they can say the same thing about Kid Rock. Because <laughs> 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 that man has completely changed in the last 20 years. Which, hey, you got to change. But yeah. drastic change, in my opinion, for him. Um, this place took place, I got my notes, it took place at Fat Tuesdays in Cancun. Uh, I put next. The announcing was rough, and that was only the be- at the beginning. That was like two minutes in <laughs> that I said that. I I found it to be far worse as it went on. Um, we get into an interview here with Fear Factory, a a metal band uh, from the nineties, obviously, uh, and. You know, one of the guys that I noticed, one of the guys was wearing a Tim Brown Raiders starter jersey. That's what I noticed. You don't see those around anymore. But Fear Factory, though, had a hit album in 1998 called Obsolete, which apparently in my research was their best selling album to date. How about that? So good for them. Didn't even know. But I wrote my I also wrote my notes that it's funny that we got like this metal band here, and you got Jimmy Hart sitting over, you know, doing commentary. Jimmy Hart was a legit musician back in the day, before his wrestling, even during his wrestling days. He's the one that created a lot of those wrestling theme songs, including The Natural, Dustin Rose. The Natural, that's a great song, right? Yeah, remember that song? <laughs> and he's a part of a group called The Gentries. That had a top 100 hit in 1965. Oh, that I didn't even know. Yeah. Wow. Jimmy Hart. Legit okay, musician, Jimmy. man. Okay. Mouth of the South, I man. knew he was you know, a good musician, but I didn't. my research did not go that far back. So kudos to you. And I'm going to have to look that up when we're done here. I knew that beforehand, actually. Yeah. So I didn't even need research for that. Just saying. <laughs> but, well, they call me the natural. Natural. That was a great song. I don't like country, but I like that song. <laughs> Shout out to Dustin Rhodes. You got anything about uh, Fear Factory? Do you remember oh, them? Man. Do you recall I, any of their songs? I don't. Uh, not not a metal fan back then. Didn't even really follow that whole scene at the time. I do, however, think their interview was hilarious when somebody said Mysterio is going to win the Battle Royal because he's Mexican. I'm assuming that guy was Mexican, so he's rooting for his, yeah. <laughs> he's for his kinfolk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, but it was just funny because I think he just said, "Who do you think is going to win?" He's like Mysterio, and there's whoever was interviewing them was like, "Why?" And he was like, "Because he's Mexican." <laughs> like, like <laughs> and that's it. Like, why don't why don't you know this? Like, he's Mexican. He's going to win. He so, was the he was the yeah. Issa Rae gif of I'm rooting for everybody black. 21 <laughs> years earlier, like. That was it. I'm rooting for everybody Mexican. Oh, Ray Mysterio, he's Mexican. He's going to win. 
That's yeah. my guy. Yeah. But yeah, not not familiar with Fear Factory then, not familiar with them now. I just knew they were a metal band and I wasn't really that much into metal, so kind of took away from the match personally for me because I'm like, why the hell are they playing? And I don't like this music. But I did get a kick out of Kid Kid Rock saying uh, they'll come back, I guess, after the break or they came back from a break and he said, they're getting ready to knock each other's asses out of the ring. And that was from Kid Rock. Wonderful. I was like, yeah, this is this is WCW attitude, baby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Fear Factory. I knew that band sounded familiar, but I just looked it up real quick. They had a song, and this is going to sound odd. This is my memory sometimes is weird. How I can remember, like, very sometimes I can, I can forget things that happened yesterday, but sometimes I can remember things that, like, very, very small, minute things that happened 20 years ago. They had a song on the video game Test Drive 5. And I was wondering why I remember that name. And that's the reason why. They had multiple songs in that in that game. So what was that on? It was on PS1. Yeah, Test Drive 5. This is 99, 2000 when I had this game, so yeah. There you go. All right. I got a list of games they were on. I'm trying to see if I had any of these games and I didn't accept Test Drive. But I had Test Drive 5. Dope game, by the way. I remember that game. Was it like a racing but, um, game? Oh well, yeah, it was a racing <laughs> game, and you race through different tracks in different countries, and yeah. it was a lot of fun. Test Drive Five, but uh, out next are the Wrestlers. They got to make their entrance. Our first, Billy Kidman, who was a cruiserweight champion for apparently for nearly a year at this point, and was still in the flock. No, was he that, out of the flock? That's the funny thing. I, I looked up the title history, and I think when this aired, he had already lost it, maybe the prior mm. week, because Rey Mysterio actually beat him for it. So on March 15th, I think it was a Nitro episode. So this had, if this was pre-taped, it would have aired it, you know, before that or, uh, you know, right after whatever spring break was that year. So, yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm not, completely sold that when this program aired that Billy Kimmel was the Cruiserweight champ. But I did hear Raven say he's been champ for almost a year, but I, I don't think that's accurate. And did, did he yeah, did he have the title for almost a year or two? I don't recall I don't, that. No, I don't I don't think so. I, I think he won it towards the end of ninety eight. And then he would have lost it in March ninety nine. So Yeah. In, I, in I the Ravens mind that was right. almost a year. Yeah, and he Raven did bring up the flock and I think he's he said something along the lines of you know, he uh, he's he did good after I let him go, or something like that. Uh, I'm paraphrasing here. Right. So, or I made him, I made him yeah, a star. Or something yeah, like, that. like I, I let him, you know, succeed after, like I let him leave and succeed, or something like that. So, Raven taking credit for that just kind of made me laugh. Uh, well, I'm looking at the title history right now on, on WWE's website. Ah, uh, see, so you got to go to Wikipedia, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh well. According to this, uh oh. Let's see here. All right, Billy Kidman first won the cruiserweight championship for the first time. It looks like, let me zero in on it. September first, September fourteenth, nineteen ninety eight. He held yeah. it until November sixteenth, nineteen ninety eight. He lost it to Juventu Guerrero, who Billy Kidman beat to win it back six days later. Right. He then held it until March fifteenth, like yeah. as you said. So, 
between those two title reigns, he held it for like 170 some odd days. So still so not a year. Said about a year. <laughs> <laughs> no, nowhere near. A We're year. just throwing crap at a wall to see what sticks and what people because the people watch and probably don't care. They don't, and it's spring break, and they got paid to hang out on the beach and get trash. Why not? I mean, come on. You think yeah. they... I wouldn't be surprised if someone involved wasn't completely sober. I'm just saying. Like, it's uh, spring break. Yeah. They might have had a, a few adult beverages before the show. Go out there. Call this match for a couple minutes. Get paid. Go home. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So... <clears throat> Excuse me. That's you know that's that. But um, our next humorous Raven made up for his <laughs> cruiserweight <laughs> championship mistake with a hilarious joke about humorous. He said humorous is so fat that he wore a Malcolm X shirt, and a helicopter helicopter landed on his back. Wow, bro. Fat shaming is not right. Let me just make that clear. You don't don't fat shame people. But that was pretty creative. I got to give him that credit. It, it but was, no, fat shaming is bad. I was not anticipating that. And I actually rewound it a couple times just to make sure that I heard it right. And uh, I was like, wow, Raven's the one making that joke. You would think someone would feed that to Kid Rock or something like that just because he's kind of, I guess, the quote-unquote star of the commentating group. But no, Raven made that joke. And so uh, I think Jimmy Hart went right back at him and was like, yeah, I'll let him know you said that. <laughs> yeah, Jimmy. <laughs> he wasn't Snitches having it. Snitches stitches, bro. <laughs> hey, former, yeah, Dunge- like- former manager, Dungeon of Doom. So Jimmy's got to have his guys back. Man, he immediately turned snitches. Like, I want to tell him what you're saying, baby. <laughs> Wait till I tell him what you said, baby. <laughs> like, damn, Jimmy. You don't have to tell him he's going to hear this anyway. <laughs> Well, he, he watches this again. That's what I'm saying. He watches he his back. If he didn't tape it at home, then he doesn't have anything to worry. Raven has got nothing to worry about. You know, damn well this came on again on MTV Spring Break because <laughs> uh, yeah, they they re-aired true. everything. Yeah, true. So <laughs> Jimmy Hart, I'm gonna tell him what he said, baby. You wait, watch what happens. I'm gonna tell him. Damn. You're see, I love that you did that because your <laughs> invitations just crack me up. It's like I'm gonna tell him, baby. <laughs> You're gonna rat on him right away. Yeah, he was about to leave the broadcast. As soon as he leaves the ring, he was gonna go in the ring and tell him. (laughs) (laughs) As soon as he left, he's like, "Did you hear what Raven said about you? (laughs) He said you were fat. (laughs) There's something about Malcolm X. I don't remember." (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Oh Jimmy. Again, let me reiterate: (laughs) fat shaming and body shaming in general is bad. But I had to give Raven credit for the creativity on that joke. It is. It's it's not cool, but oh man, that was Jimmy Hart. I did laugh out loud when he said it, though. (laughs) 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 I was like, "Whoa!" Like you said, I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, it was so random, though. You know, like it's just too funny. Like he couldn't just say an X. Like he wore a shirt with an X on it. Like no, he went Malcolm. Right. It had to be a Malcolm X shirt. It added it, it, it added a layer to it that was more humorous, I guess, than. Uh, you know, we we think. <laughs> Damn, that's messed up, man. Um, Raven didn't have to do that. But out next is Ray Mysterio, who Unmasked. apparently said that we no mask. Yeah, maskless Ray Mysterio, which is always weird. No matter how much I see it, it's strange. <laughs> but apparently, like in the notes that Kid Rock was reading on, because Kid Rock was doing like the introductions for each guy, 
and he said that he would love to have Snoop Dogg as his partner. And Kid Rock called that freaky. It's like, why would that be freaky? What's so <laughs> freaky about having Snoop Dogg as a partner? Kid Rock, what are you talking about, bro? Um, Maybe he didn't know what he meant by partner. Maybe that's why he was, he was trying okay. to be funny. I don't know. He's I mean, stupid. not saying he maybe he was trying to be funny, but that was stupid. That was really, that was really dumb. That was really dumb. But uh, Raven again strikes again. Said Raven Mysterio is so cute, which he uses as bait to get chicks. <laughs> what? Which is like, all right, he's he, Raven Mysterio. Apparently, sure. a great wingman, according to Raven. Oh, Raven. Raven just out there, just getting paid. <laughs> yeah. Um. Out next is Chris Jericho, who obviously in 1999 uh, went to WWF. So this is I forget the exact time he debuted in 1999. Was it like May? No, it was August. I believe August. Aug- it was in August. Yeah, August 9th, 1999. Damn, I thought it was well before that because I, I knew know. He, I knew he was at SummerSlam. And, yeah, but I I thought it was. Well it, before it, August, it, damn. I, th- I thought too, actually, and I looked it up, and I remember. I think it was the same night the red and yellow Hulk Hogan returned to WCW. So, uh, I, I even wrote the date on my VHS. Uh, so that's part of why I remember. And then I just looked it up today to make sure. Yeah, it was August. So yeah, Chris Jericho in his last months, apparently in WCW, um, he grabbed the microphone. Or he had a microphone in his hand the whole time. And starts cutting a promo. At first, Raven hates it. Then Jericho rips on the fans at spring break. Then Raven likes it. <laughs> it's that, <laughs> that simple. Um, he's pretty much told the fans that they should go home and study instead of being, you know, wasting their time at spring break, partying and making wasting themselves their, dumber. Wasting their parents' money. And I was cheering right which alongside with them. Yeah, I was yeah like, which you is go, true. Jer- you go, Chris. Yeah, that's a real rap, you know. But I had this observation about Chris Jericho and that he was a good talker back in 1999. That's the reason why he was he had the mic in his hand. That's the reason why he was cutting promos a lot in WCW. But I think he became such a better talker over the years. Like he, As good as he was in WCW, it was clear that he had a lot of room to grow. And he got miles better. Even by 2000, he was miles better than he was in WCW. It's, like I said, it's not like a, a knock against him. In WCW because he was really good in, in WCW, but in, by WWF time, and he started to slow down, and he I think he got just really comfortable with who he was, or more comfortable. He was on fire with his promos, and this here was good, especially as a heel. But he got way better over the years, and you see the guy he is today still a fantastic talker. Yeah, he he relied a lot on on the same type of insults you know when it became a heel in wcw and i feel like he didn't really introduce new material i guess you could say quick enough so it almost felt like you know for six months he's making the same comments about his opponents and then like come on it's getting boring it's almost how i felt about the rocket at one point where i was like okay rudy poo candy ass you know like i'm over it like no 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 no, 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 no. he's a thing that that was always funny and that was always great let me stop you right now you didn't, that was always funny. Rudy Pooh Candy ass? How is that not always hilarious? What are you talking about? <laughs> okay. Taking people to just I, a I, Brony Drive and Know Your Road Boulevard? See, I have to explain. Have myself. you ever been to Know Your Road Drive and <laughs> Brony Boulevard? It's crazy around there. You don't want to go around there now. It's wild, man. 
my thought process. Checking people so. into the SmackDown Hotel. I don't know if it's still a good hotel. It might be a CD. <laughs> might want to be one of those CD hotels. But because it's The Rock, I'd assume probably it's the, still the Marlins five probably stars. Stayed there. The who? The Marlins probably stayed there. Oh, good, good lord. Not gonna get into that. So let's take a sip so, of my wine after that. <laughs> so my thought process was I was just hearing the same thing week after week. You know, I'm online, I'm getting infiltrated by the internet wrestling community. It's consuming <laughs> <Being> infiltrated. <laughs> your your my, mind, my mind is, is being corrupted. <laughs> That's what I attribute it to. So <laughs> I'm I'm trying to look at, you know, both sides like the pro WCW guys and the pro WWF guys. And obviously the pro WF guys are like, what? it's awesome. What are you talking about? Rock's the biggest star ever. Uh, I was just kind of like, all right, like I'm, I'm hearing the same thing week after week, but it, because I watched it so much, I guess you know, a lot of that material was for people who may not watch as much as I do. So that's why they keep that. Uh, I, I'm not saying it was bad. Like I, I'm not saying the rock sucks because he wouldn't change it up a little bit. I was just kind of got bored with it. So during his promos, you know, like when he would, the backstage promo where he went through like the characters, The Undertaker and Stone Cold Steve Austin and Rikishi or something, like that was funny to me. That He didn't do that all the time though. So that's kind of like what I mean by that, of where like I, it was always, you know, know your role, shut your mouth. Rudy Pukandia, SmackDown Hotel. That stuff was great every time. I mean, it I'm doesn't not, matter. Like I'm, every to me, every time he said it, it was like, "Yeah, The Rock is cool." Like I didn't yeah, have not, any objections to it. I didn't feel any repetitiveness. It was if, if it's funny every time, it works. Do it. <laughs> Keep doing it. Yeah, and I I think I just maybe I consume wrestling too much at that point. Like I said, my mind was corrupted by the internet. Right, you were on the sheets too much. That's right. And they were saying, oh my God, it's getting old. This act is getting old. It's getting tired. Meanwhile, he's still selling out tickets every building he goes. But it's getting tired. The same thing they do today with every baby face that gets over. And they cheer him on to get to the mountaintop. And then when they get there and they stay there for a little bit, oh, they're getting tired. They say the same thing about Becky Lynch. <laughs> said the same thing about Kofi Kingston. Oh, my God, I'm tired of her. There's just somebody else yeah. in there. Man, don't. No. They were Rock. also, they were also the ahead. same people that lauded the whole WCW angle with Rick Steiner arguing with Chucky. So I do have to say that. Oh, I, I'm unaware of that. But if that's true, whoa. Yeah, it was on Nitro. Rick Steiner was Chucky came on the screen and he was bad mouthing Rick Steiner. Rick Steiner was in the ring with Gene Oakland. They were going back. I mean, and forth. I remember that. I just don't remember people. Being, oh yeah, like they, hey, I that mean, was that, good. Oh yeah, that's why you know my mind was corrupted. You know, it was the same people yeah. criticizing The Rock that were saying that was great and ma- <laughs> ma- mainstream for WCW and how awesome it was. Oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, that's the same thing I said. I said, oh boy. When Kid Rock was doing the introduction for Chavo Guerrero, and he said "Tornado DDT," <laughs> Kid he, Rock can't read apparently. He also said, "For Rey Mysterio, did you catch that?" He said, "Hurricane Ran move." Wow, I did not catch that, <laughs> Bruh. That's I, I rewound it and I was like, "Did he did he say Hurricane Rana?" And I was like, "No, Hurricane Ran move." So, wow. There's that. Yeah, we he talked de- enough about Kid Rock. I'm talking. He, he definitely couldn't read. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently not. Um, 
Also, Chavo apparently said in his little notes that he wanted to stomp. Did I hear this right? Make sure I heard this right. He wanted to stomp Madonna into oblivion. Is that what he's like with Kid Rock Red? Stomp Madonna into oblivion? I don't have that. I, I, feel, I, I thought I, I swore I heard that as during Chavo's entrance and Kid Rock just chuckles. Because it's 1999 <laughs> and domestic violence is okay. Still. Well, maybe maybe that was Kid Rock's words, and he was trying to set Chavo Guerrero up. I wouldn't put that past him. Look, I don't know. I, I look, I could have heard that wrong. I thought that's what I heard, and I found that very strange. Hmm. Uh, out next. Oh, also, Raven, <laughs> Raven again said that the first time he met Chavo Guerrero, he was wearing he's trying on underwear out of the Goodwill box. Man. Um, and then out comes Perry Saturn. Raven is just lauding Perry Saturn. Oh, he's a very sexy, sexy, sexy man. He just, he, <laughs> why do you think he was so sexy? And then when he took his gear off, which was very strange, uh, he like just weirdly kissed his woman on the cheek yeah. when he gave her the gear. I was like, uh, uh, like that was not, that was not the move. That's not the wave at all. That kiss looked awful. Uh, maybe he whispered something at her, but you know, back then it was like everyone was like, "Okay, whatever." But look, like we we saw stuff at the WrestleMania Rage Party when all those creeps came on to Deborah to dance with her after Shane McMahon left. This was kind of that got the same feeling with this. It was just like, Ew, it was just yeah, weird. I felt, I felt icky. Yeah, Ew. yeah. That kiss was nasty. Also, uh, Perry Saturn's gear again was strange. It, he looked like a Cenobite from Hellraiser. Have you ever seen Hellraiser? <sighs> no. Nick, come on, man. Adding it. Hold on. I'm writing it Bruh. down. Bro, you can't watch nothing but Mania and Livewire <laughs> all the time. <laughs> you know what I do? Is, isn't that the move on the VHS box, the guy with all the nails coming out of his head? <laughs> Just... Just you saying that just made me laugh. <laughs> Isn't it the movie with the guy with all the nails coming out of his face? Is that the movie you talk about? Yes, man. Hellraiser with Pinhead. What the hell, man? No pun intended. What the hell? So, I know what you're talking about. I just had no interest. Bruh. It was, li- it was literally always in my video rental store. So, when I would go in to you know trade in my PlayStation for Nintendo 64, I would see it. Uh, but... Never watched it. <laughs> well, <laughs> if you one day were to watch it, you would recognize that Perry Saturn was dressed like a Cenobite. Okay. Which was Pinhead's one of his homies. Like, he would roll squad deep with people from hell, and they were called Cenobites. And he looked like one of them. At least he like, was dressed like, like one. Like Cenobite Bites? Those are good. You ever had them? Moving on. Um... Uh, hmm. <laughs> the commercial I got on the, the video link that you wrote, sent me. I wrote that down too. A one eight hundred call ATT commercial. David Arquette. And with David Arquette, he was in Ready to Rumble, bro. I know that I do know. Come on, man. I can't be Oliver Platt. Yeah, he was a king. I will rule you. Oh man, <laughs> it's a bad movie. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> It's a bad movie, but as a 12-year-old, I, I kind of dug it. <laughs> 12-year-old me was kind of digging Ready to Rumble back in the day, even though even at, even then, 
I it, knew it was see, a I was bad like, movie. I was like 15 or 16 at the time. I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be cool, man. I'm trying to fit in. That's that's fair. I was like 12. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't care about that yet. <laughs> that's 100 percent fair. I, I give I'll give you I'll give you that. Yeah, when you're 16, you all about being cool, trying to get the ladies, and the ladies right. is not trying to get with you if you're watching. Uh, ready to ready rumble. to rumble. <laughs> She'd be like, you wouldn't have stolen Cole Steve Austin and The Rock? I'd be like, nah, I'm into David Arquette DDP. <laughs> <laughs> and Oliver Platt. I'm like, who? Yeah, and the so. hell is that? <laughs> oh, man. We didn't even get to the match yet and all this happened. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? 1-800-CALL-ATT. This isn't even, this is even as, as long as the WrestleMania Rage Party video. <laughs> no. It's like 25, yeah. 28 minutes. But... Remember dial up like call numbers where you call and get like a free call like that was like a throwback like we haven't seen those literally since like 2000. But remember those like it was like 1-800-1010 or 1010-220 or something like that was another one. 1-800-COLLECT. Yeah 1-800-COLLECT yeah Yeah. that's a classic yeah. Was it uh was it C-A-L-L-A-T-T that was like dialed down the middle or was it collect it was probably C-A-L-L-A-T-T right dialed down the middle. They they had like a a marketing thing. It was like just dial down the middle, and they they would have someone literally type in on like a payphone on the commercial eight hundred C A L L A T T or something like that. And it was like right down the middle, and I'm yeah. like, whoa, that's so cool! Like, but so that kind of stuck with me. That's not what this commercial was, but yeah, like the ten ten two twenty and ten ten three two one were the two uh, biggest ones for me. And one eight hundred collects. One eight hundred collect was the huge one. Yeah. It's just it's crazy to think about like even in like ninety nine two thousand that w- those were still things like mm-hmm. if they feel like so archaic like they, they feel so old they really do but they're really only like out of our consciousness socially twenty years ago yeah Which, they were they were like, sponsoring a bunch of wrestling stuff too oh like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they were out here like they because they were they were winning back then like they were making <laughs> money still yeah and they were they were like you said they were sponsoring stuff left and right like. Look up the WWE pay-per-views from back then. They were sponsored by 1-800-COLLECT or, like you said, 10-10-220 or whatever. And they had commercials with big-time actors and actresses in them, mm-hmm. as with David Arquette is in this one. Or I think Damon Wayans in uh, 1-800-COLLECT commercials or something like that. Like, I can look it up, but it was like they had – those were big deals. Ed O'Neill was in these commercials, who's, of yeah. course, famously known as Al Bundy. And he's in uh, Modern Family as well. But Ed O'Neill's in these commercials. Like, this was like, this was no small time stuff. And then it's like, it's, it's like, it just faded out like fast. <laughs> it was like, by 2003 or four, those were gone, I think. Like, I don't think they lasted to that point. Because people started getting cell phones and right. they became more prevalent. Because I got my first cell phone in 2003. Mm-hmm. And, or oh, 2002, 2003, around that time. And I was like 13 years old. Yeah, so I, mine was like when people, one, yeah. Right. So when so. people started getting more cell phones, there was no need for these, you know, call numbers from payphones stuff like that. So it's just it's crazy how fast they were like just gone and it was like an instant almost. Yeah, it, it, even in 2005 it felt like a long time ago when I would, you know, come across it on the internet or something like that. I'd be like, "Oh yeah, I remember that." When it was like five, 5 years ago and now we're at 20 years and it just feels absolutely like you said, archaic. Yeah, I'm looking up now, like one eight hundred collect, and like 
when it like kind of like went away. <laughs> like, like I don't it, like it says according to Wikipedia, it says as of 2000, 1-800 Collect was being promoted with more than 160 million dollars in annual advertising support by wow. MCI. Wow. Also, a thing that doesn't exist anymore. I think it's Verizon now. I think MCI eventually became Verizon. I think I could be wrong about that, but it might have been. One of them, yeah. Th- for some reason, I'm thinking Sprint, but you might be right. MCI went bankrupt apparently in 2002. So, yeah. so <laughs> did they get bought out though? From I one don't of those know. Companies? I don't. Oh. I honestly don't. Know. I can look that up too. It's just so much stuff. This stuff that's been going. Uh, yeah, MCI was acquired in 2006 by Verizon. So there you oh. go. Good call. Cause I, I do remember because the um the arena in DC. At one point, I think it's st- it might be still called the Verizon Center. Oh yeah, uh, at least was, at one point. Oh, now it's Capital One Arena. Was the MCI? But at Center. one point, it yeah. was the Verizon Center. But before that, it was the MCI Center. I don't know why I remember yeah, I remember, that. I do. Re- well, wrestling. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> <laughs> exactly because Backlash 2000 was at the MCI Center. That's your, your, fa- your <laughs> oh, favorite pay per view. Yeah. Exactly. So, and I knew that that building eventually became the Verizon Center, and now it's like I said, the Capital One Arena. Now, moving on from <laughs> call numbers and stuff like that, Kid Rock sees the Nitro Girls dancing, and he called them. He had the nerve. He had the absolute nerve to call them rhythmically challenged. <laughs> I know this is turning into like a big Kid Rock like poop session like i'm just trashing them but like bro the nerve because you can dance kid rock can you dance can you no but these women who are out there taking time out of their day and in their lives to be in cancun which i'm sure was a nice trip for them but they out there working their asses off and they weren't rhythmically challenged they were dancing just fine doing the routines that i'm sure took a lot of time to learn and rehearse and he had the nerve to call them rhythmically challenged have many seats kid rock have all of them in fact <laughs> you're not gonna find a argument for me it's just a bunch of trash kind of brings me back to that time period where it seemed to be okay just to crap on anything that was remotely good and look, look, here's the thing. If they were dancing poorly, I guess you, he would have been justified. But and like Kid Rock out here really right, walking and break dancing. In, yeah, throwing out insults for no reason. Just kind of, I guess, trying to get a chuckle from the audience that's listening. But like, why even do that? Like when you're clearly, it's not based in any sort of reality. Like just quiet. <laughs> what do you try to be? Pumping them up in a way for shut the hell up. You know MTV. You know. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm sure WCW didn't appreciate that. <laughs> Why is he crapping on our dancers? Like, <laughs> right? Who the hell does this kid rock guy think he is? That's why he became a Hall of Famer in WWE because he crapped over the Nitro Girls. Oh boy, I can't believe I, I forgot all about that. <laughs> that was in 2018, apparently. I, I and that whole WrestleMania was dude, mostly forgot, trash. Yeah, I forgot too. It was. It's crazy because when you said Hall of Famer Jimmy Hart, I'm like, wait a second. And I just they were like, wait a second, Kid Rock. I remember something about him, and oh, I just completely man. forgot he he had the speech and everything. Oh my gosh! 
And they used his song for WrestleMania twice in like four years. Yeah. They used it for WrestleMania 30. They then went back to New Orleans and used his song again. Which like, why? He's not even from the South. He's from Detroit. <laughs> like, what? Could have picked any type of New Orleans type of song. In my opinion, they could use some bounce music. Which is lit. It's like the same beat, but it's like reggae. It's like the same beat all the time, but it still works every time. Bounce music is dope. But WWE, we talked about this. They don't use hip-hop at all. Yeah. You know? But, you know, you got all these artists and all this great music in New Orleans. That's actually New Orleans music. And not look, I'll admit here, New Orleans is one of my favorite cities outside of Philadelphia, obviously. That's where, the, that's where home is. But New Orleans is such a fun and great city. Uh, and they got such a great culture and such great music, such talented musicians just walking up and down the street. And they use Kid Rock twice <laughs> for that song, for that theme song. Why? Why? Only God knows I- why. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> Man. Uh, it's brutal. What a time. Yeah. What a time. Yeah. So, all right, the match begins. But not until Fear Factory performs. There's no bell. It's just like Fear Factory <laughs> hits their guitars and they start fighting. Yeah, well, well, I don't remember who started beating up who, but there was like just two people going at it and everyone stared at them for quite a while. And that was it. And they just started fighting and they start metal started playing and metal that I'm not a fan of. I'm not a fan of metal, like, I don't think as a whole. There might be something like, I like Metallica. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like ACDC and stuff like that. But like this song or these songs they were playing, eh, well, not I, my kind of music. I guess I'm like just heavy metal. Not a fan. There's heavy metal. Yeah. New, heavy new metal, metal. Metal. So yeah, there, there's a certain, like I, I agree with you, a certain facet of metal I, I, I can dig. But uh, I'd say 80% of it, nah. I got to at least be able to bob my head and kind of recite some lyrics. And if I can't do neither one, like for whom the bell tolls, I can nod my head, boom, boom, and recite some of those lyrics. And look, yeah, I, I dig it. Like, into the Sandman, I can re- bob my head and recite the lyrics. ACDC, Thunderstruck, or um, Hell's Bells, I can nod my head and recite the, <laughs> recite the lyrics. Like That's like my barrier for it like and i like a lot of those like 80s and early 90s rock songs more recent songs i can pass on but those 80s and 90s for whatever reason i just like some of those songs but this right here this right here i'll pass <laughs> no disrespect to fear factory they had their run they're not they're not the band we covered last week on the, we, we, we apologize on the to race our, party. we apologize to our fear factory fans out there look and again no disrespect i i'll i rock with them before I rocked with the the band we covered last week, and that's straight <laughs> Ch- up Cherry Pop and Daddies. <laughs> Look, I'm not rocking with them. <laughs> I rock with Fear Factory, but uh, this song that they played at the beginning of this match, n- not my cup of tea. I-, I apologize. Also, not my cup of tea was his ring was his announcing because, like I said earlier, two minutes in it was bad. During the match, it de- devolved to awful. Yeah, it was awful. Yeah, yeah my. I don't even remember how far into the match, but you you just hear Raven go, what's the party scene after this? Because <laughs> that was the most and, important part of and, the and, whole thing. And literally, I was like, you know what? Yeah, yeah. Like, what's going on later today? And uh, meanwhile, Jimmy Hart's paying very much attention intentively to the Battle Royal, 
making sure that we knew who was eliminated and who was still in. Because even not even Jimmy Hart could save this as much. <laughs> bless his heart. A true professional yeah, Hall of Famer. Pro's pro. Like you said, a pro's pro. Not even he can save this. Kid Rock and Raven. Look, look. I mean, as much as you can say they're being unprofessional and they probably shouldn't have been worried about the parties going yeah. on. Especially saying it really, during the match. That yeah, that. But honestly, I can't blame him that much. <laughs> I'm not really that mad at him <laughs> for being like, "Yo, what's popping tonight, bro? We here in Cancun. I got. I'm getting paid. I'm probably going to blow my whole check in this in this tiki bar somewhere." <laughs> like, <laughs> On some beach and in some resort, like what's up? What's happening? Like, maybe you don't say it on the air, but yeah. I'm I'm not mad that that was their mindset, so to speak. <laughs> like, because I I can't say I wouldn't have done the same thing. <laughs> like, can't wait till this is over so I can go drink. <laughs> like, it's time to party after this. So, but because of that, the announcing was awful. As a viewer at home. It wasn't very entertaining. Uh, the match itself wasn't wasn't much. I mean, Hugh Morris almost tossed Rey Mysterio out of the ring. Uh, Kid Rock wanted to toss wanted him to get tossed into the crowd. Hugh Morris didn't. Um, then Hugh Morris gets tossed up by everybody else, which sends us into a commercial break. Another commercial break, and this one was again. This is back when MTV would do actual. They would promote music. And this is a commercial for Marilyn Manson and his tour, and him just doing wild things. <laughs> he was just breaking stuff yeah. in this commercial. But one of the songs they played in this commercial was "The Beautiful People," which wrestling fans are familiar with because that was the theme song for SmackDown starting in 2002. Which is funny though because WWE is just so behind on the times. <laughs> they chose a song. From like three years ago, <laughs> yeah. at least three. That was a, a song that was at least three years old by the time SmackDown started up in 2002, as you know, as part of the brand extension, I should say. And that's when they chose the song. By the way, dope song. Like again, I like some of that metal stuff, and, and I'm not like a big Marilyn Manson kind of sore, but that song I, I rocked with. But uh, very strange commercial with Marilyn Manson. Yeah, yeah, it was funny because they would list dates of, of the tour and, and all that. And, um, you know, you honestly, you paid more attention to it than I did. So kudos to you because I would just kind of. Yeah, you tuned it all the way out. I wasn't, a, wasn't a big fan of that that type of stuff anyway, so why would I be paying attention to it? <laughs> I think, uh, Fair enough. I, I think I mostly associate Marilyn Manson with, like, South Park or, you know, if – it was what? if he, if he <laughs> okay. was like no if he was like a character on South Park maybe uh, I mean I'm not even sure he was but for some reason that that's what I that's what I do <laughs> he probably was on there at some point they made fun of everybody I know, I know they I know Charles Manson was so maybe I'm just getting the Manson Jesus <laughs> a little bit different <laughs> Marilyn Manson um later in this commercial break at least you know again if you're watching this, we, we watch it uh, on a video from like Daily Motion. So if you can look it up, watch it, check it out. But in this commercial, the end of the break also had pretty much the rap version of the Marilyn Manson commercial where they're promoting a tour. This time, it's the Hard Knock Life Tour with Jay-Z, DMX, Redman, Method Man, and a host of others. Ja Rule was on that tour. Uh, 
and there's a movie about this tour. I don't, Nick, you probably haven't seen this neither. Um, <laughs> but the movie was called Backstage and came out like I think in 2000, something like that. And it was pretty much a documentary about this Hard Knock Life tour, which at this point was one of the biggest rap tours ever. Like this was like a full, straight up arena tour with some of the biggest names at that time in rap. Like I said, Jay Z and DMX on the same tour. Like that sounds crazy today. Imagine what it was like in 99 when DMX was at his absolute peak and Jay-Z honestly hadn't even hit his peak yet, but he was getting there because this is when Hard Knock Life was out. That was, to that point, the biggest single of his career. Um, I think it was Volume 3 was at that point. I think it was the album that was out because uh, this is right before the Dynasty that came out. That came out in 2000. So, yeah, this is like Volume 2, Volume 3. Volume 3. It had to have been Volume 3. Hard Knock Life. But, um... So, yeah, Method Man, already by that point, uh, a legend, pretty much, with the Wu-Tang Clan. Red Man was out there, too. Um, so, yeah, and, again, Ja Rule, people forget Ja Rule had hits. Like, Ja Rule, um, oh, actually, this is Volume 2, Hard Knock Life. I'd be mixing stuff up, man. I just looked it up my, myself. I'd look it up. Volume 2 was Hard Knock Life. Um, so, yeah, that one came out in, what year did that come out? 1998 so that's when they was doing a tour for volume two and volume three the life and times of sean carter that was volume three that came out in 99 i'm sure yes december 99 he always come out he always come out in december so um but this is a massive tour again in 1999 and they had a movie about a documentary uh Again, Nick, write it down. You might want to watch it. It's I not. No, I actually. Might. I would get to it. I would get to it after all the other stuff I told you about. Because it's not <laughs> like you're gonna learn a whole bunch of stuff from it. But uh, well, it I was. Would, it was a thing. I would be interested. I did actually buy a DMX album. Ooh, which one? Uh, do you want to take a guess? Uh, I'm a guess it's around this time because he put out two albums in one year. One year. I'm gonna go flesh of my flesh, blood of my blood. No, and then what? There, and then there was X. I got it. Believe the year after, because it was released in December '99. But and then there was X, uh, one of my favorite albums, because Party Up in Here was in, on that. Uh, here we go again was one of my favorite songs from DMX, and one more Road to Cross. Uh, so three of those are wow. were, three, were three of my favorite songs at that time period. Believe it or not. And what's my name? What's my name as well? That's a dope song right there, yeah, boy. Yeah, yeah. So those four, I, I got into some of the others. Like, I, I didn't think I knew One More Road to Cross before I got the album. So when I listened to that, that, that was my favorite one on the album, actually, because I did get it for What's My Name and Party Up in Here. But, uh, yeah, One More Road to Cross is my favorite one. DMX How about that? How about that? Put out two platinum albums. In Here we go year. again. Here we go again. Also, he put out two platinum albums in the year, and then followed up with an, I think another platinum album in in, in ninety with when you're talking about, and then there was X with again Party Up, which yep. is the Eagles touchdown song. Every time we score a touchdown, <laughs> Party Up is blaring through the speakers, and it's a party when we score a touchdown, baby. It's on. Hell yeah. So. So yeah, that that's that song has a special place in my heart for that reason. But uh but yeah, that tour was crazy. And then we get in this specific video, this specific commercial, 
we get Method Man playing pool. He talks about uh, his mom potentially being a groupie back in the day. And that he speculates that Smokey Robinson could very well be his dad. He don't know. Who? Smokey Robinson, a legend in the music business, If for those that don't know, uh, with the Motown sound. I think he wrote a lot of those songs back in the day for Motown. But he's come into the news recently for a song that people discovered from back in like 2002. <laughs> when he's rapping, he's singing about gangs and like how bad they are. And this is resurfaced on the internet, and it's it's pretty damn funny. <laughs> but in reality, Smokey Robinson, absolute legend, and potentially, possibly, Method Man's father. We don't we don't know for sure, uh, according to Method Man. But uh, yeah, Smokey Robinson, his song about gang banging up. Look it up. It's been on Twitter, and it's quite hilarious. So that's my little diatribe about that commercial. But we come back from commercial and it's just more wrestling nothing really much to see besides perry saturn and putting his quote-unquote dress that i think raven yeah. called it yeah. over chris jericho's head and the raven <laughs> proceeded to call that simulated sodomy nick can you explain this why why, why did he why did he say that i have a feeling that uh raven at this point uh, lost all his inhibitions. <laughs> so he was just going with whatever the hell was coming into his head. He just didn't care anymore. Is that what uh, you're saying? I have a sneaky suspicion that's the case. I. What is he talking about? He Maybe he just wanted to alliterate. I I was at a loss for words when I saw that the first time. I was like, "What?" Like I was I was watching it, but I think I was um I had the TV on in the background. I think something caught my eye on TV, and then when I heard him say that, my eyes immediately like bugged out of my head, and I looked back at the screen like, "What? <laughs> Who's gonna sodomize?" Oh no, that's just Raven saying weird stuff. Like. It, it wasn't, I, don't, I don't understand. It wasn't the first weird thing he said. wasn't the last weird thing he said. He he just reminded me of Johnny Polo at this point. Which is yeah, the he way did. he was talking. You get a couple of drinks into him, he, he turns yeah. immediately into Johnny Polo. He's not raving anymore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he gets a couple uh, couple uh, cocktails into him, and he's, he's Johnny Polo again. Oh, man. What a time. Um, Chavo Guerrero's out next. He's out of the ring. Saturn. Oh, I've put this down. Paris Saturn, German suplex, Rey Mysterio, damn near to death. Like, Rey Mysterio landed on the back of his head. It looked awful. Um, Kidman was tossed out next, out then, followed by Paris Saturn. And then uh, Rey Mysterio tried to pin Chris Jericho, but this is a battle oh royal, Rey Mysterio. Yeah, what the hell? This is a battle royal, bro. I wrote. Mysterio tried pinning Jericho, LOL. <laughs> that's what I wrote. I, I mean, that's accurate. Don't, don't worry, I don't normally write LOL, except in text, but I just had to write it down because I think he, like, it, it was like a second or two, and then it, it wasn't nearly as stupid as Savage trying to pin Yoko because that'll never, ever make sense to me. Uh, <laughs> even, if you, even if you say, oh, Savage 
just had a lapse in in his mind. No, uh, Mysterio, not not sure what you're even trying to do because he is almost as quick as he started pinning Jericho. He came off so right um, at least at least know, the savage one led to the finish of <sighs> of yokozuna pressing you know which savage is cool. off of him out of the ring right that fit that made sense even though mm. it still makes savage look stupid but it, it still also made yokozuna look very strong that he could press someone over the top rope so that was there was a means to an end where here this is just clearly a mistake that ray mysterio made you know what's uh as a aside I did read something, and I was on Reddit, so maybe it's the internet wrestling community infiltrating my brain again. But it was actually a plausible explanation with the whole Savage Yoko thing, where the elbow drop he was supposed to land and not move, and then Yoko was just supposed to press him over, which would have looked a lot better and would have made more sense. But because you can't really control, you know, that whole scene, so when Savage dropped the elbow, he kind of went off him so he had to get back on top of him to finish the spot Ah, Um, that makes more sense than anything i'm not sure if that's the case i I don't like i haven't heard anyone confirm that that's ever been the case you know in in the wrestling world anyone that was behind the scenes uh hasn't confirmed that but it does make the most sense i'll give it that but at least you know now that i read that i did read that a few weeks a few months ago so it made sense, and I forgot about it until I just started talking about it. So maybe that was the whole idea when he was supposed to just stay on top, but his momentum took him off. That makes sense. If it was but supposed Mysterio to be some sort of Mysterio didn't have that. He just I don't right. know. He hit a move and then tried pinning him. Like no, it doesn't work like that, Ray. Right, not in a battle royal, bro. Like if if like you said with Macho Man. If he was supposed, if it was supposed to be like a bang bang type of thing, like he lands and then Yoko presses him, that makes sense. But instead, like you said, he kind of fell off and had to get back on so they can do the finish. But then this right here, though, yeah, that was not what happened here. This was just like Mysterio hits was I think it was a moonsault or something, something from the ropes, and then took Jericho's leg and tried to pin him. Did a yeah. lateral press. <laughs> yeah, it was like that moonsault with the legs hitting the ropes, and then he just flipped backwards from, from right. that. And then he, like he, his momentum took him off him a little bit, but then he went and tried to cover him. It's like, what are you doing, Ray? He, 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 he tried to get the uh, the far leg. <laughs> like, come on, bro. What you doing? Guess, but in, in the end. I guess without the mask, he became stupider. I guess, yeah. Maybe, maybe. Now he doesn't have an eye. So, right. well, you know, at least you can't he, see now he he can't put it all. Everything's still attached, according to WWE. So his, oh, his, yes, right. his yeah. vision will, uh, you know, his vision is intact at. I don't know when I don't even know if they gave him like a recovery time, but who knows? It's just a that, that whole thing's weird. I still can't believe we're living in 2020 <laughs> during a pandemic and their WWE's running that angle. Like, I, it's crazy. He had to go to the hospital during, or no, my bad, local medical facility yeah. <laughs> during a pandemic when you know they're over, these local medical facilities are overrun with COVID patients. Like, why would you do this, WWE? Why would you put a guy, another person in the hospital willingly? Like, right. oh, my bad, not the hospital, local me- medical, medical facility. Right. Wherever that local it medical facility a, is. Could have been an urgent care. Right, but it's local to wherever Rey Mysterio is. So it's local. If he was, when he was in Orlando for the for the match, it was the local one was in Orlando. When he goes back home, to, I think he still lives in California. 
<laughs> that, that local medical facility. <laughs> but, you know, whatever. But uh, in the end, Chris Jericho wins. And he wins the first and I, I guess only Beast Brawl. <laughs> so uh, Chris Jericho, multi-time world champion, multi-time intercontinental champion, future Hall of Famer, uh, a legend in the business, and and Beach Brawl winner. That's right. That's a feather in his cap, no matter what. That's I mean, right. you can't take it away from him. That was a hell of a trophy, too. It was until Perry Saturn came in the ring, jumped Jericho from behind like a chump, mm-hmm. and then destroyed the trophy and threw it into the ocean. Yeah. Eliminated. So like, what do we do all this for? Eliminated fair and square, and it just comes in and ruins it. What do we do all this for? It's like, well, that was for yeah. nothing. Now the damn trophy's in the ocean. Yeah. Swimming with the fishes. And I'm not even sure, like, would have been great for Jericho's character at the time would have been to continue that on TV and make Saturn get him a new trophy and they, they could play that out for another month or two. That would have been hilarious, but I don't think that happened because I think I would have remembered that. Probably not. And Chris Jericho, they didn't want this we in, mentioned earlier, they didn't want this in any storylines going forward, I guess. Yeah, he, he was on his way out. So, <laughs> like, yeah. it, it didn't matter none to Chris Jericho, I'm sure. Um, I mean, they had so, a couple yeah, a month it, or a month or two. I think his last, wasn't his last match? Like June, WCW I, May. I do not like recall. That. So they could have had another run, and then Saturn could have won the trophy fair and square. But no, he was Whatever. like you said, he was a chump. Nobody cared. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> really, honestly, nobody cared. Um, I did find it funny though that Chris Jericho called Kid Rock Rock Kid. Because. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> And he still does to this day. He always does the thing where he just intentionally messes up people's names. So it was Kurt Angel, uh, Chris Benoit. Remember that? Chris Benoit. (laughs) Called him Mr. Roboto. (laughs) Excuse me. um, There were a lot of them. Yeah, there's so many. We can do an episode. I'm sure he's still doing it today. (laughs) Yeah, it's so funny. And then Rock Kid. And uh, so, yeah, and Kid Rock, it's Kid Rock. It's like, Shut up, man. Rock Kid. <laughs> Shut your face. Chuck is like, I heard your commentary, so I'm going <laughs> to call you whatever the hell I want. Right. <laughs> I'm the Beach Brawl champ, damn it. Beach Brawl winner. I can say whatever the hell I want. And uh, Kid Rock ends the telecast by saying, oh, party in my room. And I'm sure that party was trash. Um, and then <laughs> we go off the air with the Nitro Girls dancing to a song that many hip-hop fans, that it's near and dear to their hearts. It's Nori, Noriega, Super Thug. You heard that song at the end, right? Uh, no. What? I thought Okay. It was... No, <laughs> I'm not... <laughs> wait, wait a second, wait a second. N-O-R-E. It went... They didn't... I don't know, they... I saw the Nitro Girls dancing at the end right. to this song, which was also produced by Pharrell, and it was one of the hottest songs in 1998, bro. Okay. Oh, there we go. I guess I didn't make it that far. I guess it went off when Kid just, Rock w- was in the ring. <laughs> I thought it was cut the it off video. immediately. Uh, maybe I accidentally hit pause. I don't know. Or maybe I went cut it off another, immediately. Maybe I went to another app. Yeah, that's cool, man. Yeah, he was I like, think. I am done with this. <laughs> 
Yeah, okay. I see what but you're saying. But that now. song yeah, okay. did numbers back in the day. And uh, yeah, one of the biggest songs of 98, because this is early 99, early-ish. So, uh, yeah, you know, it was, again, produced by Pharrell and the Neptunes. One of the first times I think I heard him on a song. So, shout out to Nori, Noriega, a super thug. Yeah. Great song back in the day. Danced to that a lot in my living room when I was <laughs> 10, 8, 9, and 10 years old. So, yeah. Dope song as we go off the air to a <clears throat> a, a happening in Cancun <laughs> with WCW. It just, it's something that happened. Another, and, uh, another WCW event that ends in the word brawl. Yeah, you had super it, brawl, it, fall brawl. Uh, was there another yeah, brawl? Snow brawl, that was, was snow brawl. the same thing. Uh, they had a Boston brawl, which was right. that pay per listen event in early '98. It was like seven dollars and ninety five cents or something like that. I remember that especially because I ordered it. My my mom ordered it for me. This is the nice lady she is, and our internet was crap, so we didn't hear it. <laughs> I heard Tony Schiavone for maybe two minutes, and then nothing the rest of it. It was like a house show, but with commentary. But we couldn't watch it, but we could listen to it. So it was like $7.95, something like that. They had like big matches that night. It was in Boston. They called it Boston Brawl. And that's my memory of that. I was pissed. Wow. It was like $7.95. I don't, I'm not even sure she got credited for that. I'm sitting here poor, scheming how am I going to record this. Poor Miss McCone just supporting yeah. her, her, her son's wrestling habit. Yeah. Like the the great mother that she is. She she is. But, you know, but... <laughs> yeah. <just> man, <laughs> you made her buy an audio show. I didn't make show. her. I didn't make her. I said, Oh, hey. you asked her? I did. I did. Because I wasn't man. ordering... I wasn't ordering WCW pay-per-views that much. So this was like a paper listen. I'm like, ah, maybe, you know, it was, uh, I think January or February 99. It was early. So it was in the middle. I think the title was vacant. So it was before Scott Steiner joined the NWO. So I was like, ah, maybe like there will be a big happening on this show. And I want to, I want to listen to it live. I don't know. It was just weird. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it was dial up internet and I'm, I'm pretty sure that, more people had issues the same way I did. I don't think it was just my internet. I think there was an issue, there might have been an issue on WCW's end. I don't know if they did any more paper listens. I don't. I don't even remember them doing them before then. So I think that was like the first time. And I remember Tony Schiavone hawking it on like Nitro and Thunder. It's the Boston Brawl, our paper listen event. So yeah. So you I just was, heard commentary, and that was it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. It was, it was. How cool. long he, was it? Oh, you said you couldn't hear anything. I guess. Yeah, right? if, it, if it was a house show, it probably would have been two or three hours. But yeah, after a, a minute or two, it just kind of crapped out. Because I, I do remember hearing Tony Schiavone, but it just. So wait, wait, wait. Didn't, Let me get this straight. Sustain. This was on the internet, though, right? It was. Yes. At WCWWrestling.com. And it crapped out because bandwidth in the '90s just wasn't cutting it. It was. It was, <laughs> like, it was bad. You know. Let me. Let me see if. Boston Brawl. Um, Paper listen. <laughs> that was stupid. Uh, I 
Why would I Google Boston Brawl? It's like all these Bruins videos. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Boston Brawl WCW, man. Come on. Yeah, I know. I, I'm, I'm a Google pro. How, how do I not know this? All right. This is from WCW Nitro, uh, the book. Sadly for Damian, he's talking to you. Coming. Oh, wait. What is this? The audio stream had already cut out. So by the start of the match, of match two, the audio stream had already cut out, leaving thousands of users to ruminate angrily in the chat room. I was not in the chat room. Nonetheless, yeah. his remarks were just pretty entertaining. All of a sudden, I hear my headset, hey, yo, are we talking about the hammer? Scott Hall and Kevin Nash had microphones, and I guess uh, Nash and Hall were going to also be on that. Most of the show was the four barely calling the matches just riffing. I've heard Tony Schiavone though so uh, maybe I'm mistaken I don't know I do have this book this is like a quick search on Twitter so like you know the, it crapped out and uh, so it wasn't just me and that was that was the real downfall of WCW the beginning of the end it wasn't oh. start it was a starcade it was but the Boston brawl paper listen failure oh yeah <laughs> okay, that was a real downfall. That is the my Boston opinion. Brawl failure. That is my opinion, and I'm sticking to it. Okay, well, that is your opinion. So, there you go. But that is Beach Brawl, not Boston Brawl, but Beach Brawl. And I even forgot about, how did I forget about Fall Brawl? I wrote down like all these brawls and I forgot Fall Brawl. Oh my goodness. I, I said Fall Brawl and Super you, Brawl. And you said it. I have Super Brawl, Super Brawl, uh, Boston Brawl, Snow Brawl, Beach Brawl, and WCW loved the Brawl. I totally left out Fall Brawl. How can you leave out Fall Brawl? Come I on, bro. Get it together. Man, that's ridiculous on my part. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Any final thoughts on... Uh, Fall Brawl, or not Fall Brawl, <laughs> too many brawls. Any final thoughts on Beach Brawl before we wrap it up here for episode 245? You know the thing I paid the most attention to was during the first commercial break? That VH1 Divas Live concert. You see this line I up? did see that commercial. I skipped past that, but I did <laughs> like see that. Oh, see, like, I didn't. I didn't. I skipped past the other stuff that you felt... Uh, Worthy of, of noting down, but that I, lineup looked dope, though. Yeah, Tina Turner, Elton John was there, <laughs> Cher, Leanne Rhymes, Brandy, Faith Hill, Whitney Houston. That was my girl, man. That was my girl, Mary J. Blige, Treach, and Chaka Khan. Treach, it was Treach. <laughs> trying to <laughs> maybe I pronounced that wrong. <laughs> How do you spell it? T R E A C H. I don't know who that is. Hold on. <laughs> Triac? <laughs> I know Tretch. He's, he was on... Oh, uh, that's probably it. Tretch. The, the the Naughty by Nature yeah. rapper? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you snapping it. <laughs> you said Treach. <laughs> Why was Tretch there? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, Elton John was there. What of these don't belong? And I'm not talking about Elton John even. I'm talking about Tretch. Divas Live too. An honors concert for VH1 Save the Music. I, re- I remember that whole Save the Music thing. I was always confused by that. I was like, why do we got to save music? I, the music's awesome. But yeah. Tretch. Not Tretch, bro. <laughs> Naughty by Nature. Hip Hop I mean, Parade, OPP. 
yeah. Come on, bro. I know. I know. Bangers. You talking about Treach. That's right, man. I had a DMX CD. <laughs> you made up for it. <laughs> yeah, later that yeah, year or the X. year after. Yeah. So it was yeah, 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 that was released in December ninety nine, so I had to get it in two thousand. Cause yeah, I I didn't get it for Christmas. I got it at like what Tower Records, I believe, on South Street. That's where I went. Ooh, Tower Records. Yeah. Blasting the past. That's right. Um with that said, on that note, Nick, take us out with some plugs, please. <laughs> you can follow me at Nick Pacone on Twitter. Follow us at Shooters Radio on Twitter. And we're on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Shooters Radio. I forgot to mention last week I was on my friend Brian Miller's podcast, the B&B's Football Happy Hour. Talked a lot about the Eagles, Jason Peters, Jalen Rager, and more. Uh, you can check that out on Podbean. It's BNB's Football Happy Hour uh, Podbean. Uh, I was on episode 14, so it was cool talking football. Uh, we're getting ready for the season to start up, both me and Vaughn, so looking forward to that. And you can also check out phillyinfluencer.com and phillyvoice.com for this podcast. Uh, you can check me out on Twitter at Vaughn M. Johnson. Uh, I was also on a podcast recently. I was on The Wrestling Basement with Randy Cruz, his uh, retro wrestling podcast. So check that out. Should be on uh, SoundCloud and uh, wherever other podcasts are available. Uh, we talked about uh, ECW, Extreme Championship Wrestling, and the history of it. So check that out. Uh, apparently, he just sent me a... Um, a screen grab of his, I guess his Instagram, where Paul Heyman apparently shared the podcast and his Instagram story. So, oh, how about that? How about that? Uh, how about that? So, good for Randy Cruz for getting that shout out. But, uh, check me out on there. It's, it's a fun conversation with Randy Cruz, and we got to have him back on the podcast. We had him on the podcast at least once in the past. Yeah. Um, and we got to do it again. So, shout out to Randy Cruz. Uh, but also, yeah, at Vaughn M. Johnson on Twitter. Uh, you can check us out. You can check us out on shootersradio.com for our archives, all of our past episodes. We're also on Patreon, patreon.com slash shootersradio. That's where you can also find uh, our upcoming episode. We are doing some new content for Patreon now. Our Wingbow episode will be on Patreon. So if you want to listen to that episode, uh, our Wingbow deep dive, so to speak, it's not really a wrestling-related show, so you probably won't you know, put that in our main feed here. But if you're interested, check us out over at patreon.com slash shootersradio where you can listen to that episode and many other uh, forms of exclusive content for the nominal fee of $1.99. So, for Nick McCone, I am Vaughn Johnson. Thanks for listening to episode 245 of The Straight Shooters, and we'll catch y'all again next week. Peace.